0: We slept under bridges, we ate out of garbage cans, fought rats off of our backpacks. I am the homeless
1: wandering around on your street. I live across
0: the world with nothing to eat.
1: Mike Yankoski describes what it's like living on the street.
0: One of the most shocking and surprising things was how quickly we became invisible. To feel that is crushing.
2: And when you see me every day and you look the other way, it's like a slap across my cheek. Oh, nobody knows the troubles I see. Nobody knows
1: my shame. By the way, Mike Yankoski chose to spend time to be homeless. Mike is our guest on this episode of GPS. God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. So why did
2: Mike make the choice to live homeless? Well, he's going to explain on this episode. You're also going to hear from Billy Graham about how we should respond to people in need.
3: There's no doubt that we see social injustice everywhere today. And every Christian certainly has a definite responsibility.
2: If you'd like to learn more about that responsibility, check out this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. You can also send us an email. The address is gps at billygram.org. That's gps at billygram.org.
0: GPS.
2: God. People. Stories.
0: My childhood was silhouetted against the Rocky Mountains in Colorado.
1: A far cry from sleeping under bridges and eating out of trash cans. But we'll get to that part of the story in a bit. Mike Yankowski surrendered his heart to
2: Jesus when he was in high school. His journey of faith since then has been influenced by a concern for the poor.
0: Poverty is not just an idea. It's a reality that affects people, people who are made in God's image and yet struggling to survive. And what do I do with that?
2: Mike first started asking that question while on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. And
1: when Mike was in college, the problem of poverty became more real to him. One morning in church, Mike's pastor began to preach on the parable of the Good Samaritan, a story of a man going out of his way to care for someone else's needs. Mike had just written a research paper on that parable, and he'd gotten an A. So,
0: I sort of have the attitude of, you know, like an 18-year-old kid. I'm like, dude, I already aced this, right? Like, I kick back in my pew. I'm like, I got this. I understand what Jesus means when he says, love your neighbor as yourself. But then the pastor flips it on its head for me because he asks this question. He says, As I read this parable, which of these characters most characterizes you?
1: That's when Mike thought about what he and his friends had done the night before.
0: We'd gone to dinner and to a movie, and as we're walking back from the movie theater, we passed two homeless guys. And they're sitting on the street corner. And as we approach them, what I do is I turn to my friend on my right and I crack a joke. Not about the two homeless men, just a joke. I mean, a joke just to distract us, to show these two homeless men that we are engaged with one another and therefore can't see them. I was being willfully ignorant of their existence. I was intentionally ignoring their existence. And here's the shocking thing. It worked perfectly, right? Like, it worked beautifully.
2: That incident hadn't crossed Mike's mind again until he was confronted by his pastor's question.
0: I begin to see some of my own hypocrisy, right? Because here I am getting straight A's on my parable papers, But when it comes down to actually loving my neighbor as myself, as Jesus instructed us to do, I'm pretending my people who do exist don't, because it's easier, because it's more convenient, because that means I don't have to stop, I don't have to engage, I don't have to have a conversation.
2: In fact, Mike realized he didn't even have to acknowledge their existence. Well, in that moment of realization, as he was sitting in church, God gave Mike an idea of something he should do
0: to go and to become homeless, to try and step into homelessness, to try and understand what's it like to be a human being made in God's image, trying to survive on the city streets in the United States of America. What's that like? That's where that idea began. And it was 16 months of planning, prayer, preparation, volunteering a local rescue mission, et cetera. 16 months later, my friend Sam and I entered into homelessness and tried to better understand what it's like to be there, what it's like to try and survive there on the streets of six different American cities.
1: Those cities included Denver, Washington, D.C., Portland, San Francisco, Phoenix, and San Diego. Mike and his friend Sam spent about a month in each city to experience what it was like to be homeless.
2: And they quickly realized the difficulty and danger of homelessness. They had virtually no possessions, hardly any money, and no guarantee of how they were going to survive.
0: We slept under bridges. We ate out of garbage cans, fought rats off of our backpacks. I mean, that, that was just the day-in, day-out sort of grind of being homeless.
1: But it was more than just a physical struggle.
0: One of the most shocking and surprising things was how quickly we became invisible. And I think that that was the flip side of something I myself had done so many times before, right? I had pretended like people didn't exist. I had walked by and looked the other way, et cetera, et cetera. But to suddenly be on the receiving end of that... Uh, was so detrimental. Uh, I, it's hard to even put into words. I mean, to be intentionally ignored by someone or to be told by their body language or their facial expressions that you are worse than garbage. I mean, just to feel that is crushing. I am the homeless wandering around on your
1: street. And when you see me every day and you look the other way,
2: it's like a slap across my cheek. Oh, no one knows the troubles I see.
1: One night in Washington, D.C., Mike and Sam played guitar in an attempt to earn some money for food. They weren't having much luck at all. But then a group of kids
2: walked up and started to listen to the music. Mike says what happened next turned their whole night
0: around. The littlest guy steps forward and he looks in the guitar case. Then he looks back at me and he says, hey, you don't have any money at all, do you? You don't have anything. And I said, Well, man, you know, not, not right now, no. I mean with dollar and eighteen cents, other than that, no. He thought about it for a minute, put his hand into his pocket, pulled out a dollar and twenty-five cents, put it into the guitar case, looked back at me and said, Don't worry about it, bro. I got you covered. <laughs> and Sam and I are my mouths fall open at this, right? Because here in this one moment, this little kid is just more generous than the thousands of adults who've walked by over the previous four hours, right?
2: Mike and Sam found that not only children, but other homeless people were often more generous than adults, including church-going Christians.
1: For example, one night in Phoenix, the guys decided to sleep in front of a church. The next morning, Mike and Sam were excited to see and smell that the church was having a pancake breakfast.
0: Maybe we'll be invited in. Maybe we'll be able to eat that. I mean, maybe this will be you know a chance to, to get some food. We are, uh, you know, sort of waking up and rolling up our sleeping bags, and two gentlemen come walking across. And as they get closer to us, we can tell by their body language that they're really not very happy with us. And one of the guys calls out and says, hey, guys, you're not supposed to be here right now. I need you to get out of here. And I said, well, why do we have to go? I don't understand. And the guy said, well, you know what? We could stand here and debate that all day long. Bottom line, church grounds are not for this. You need to leave.
1: And Mike and Sam left. But they also decided to attend worship at that church the next day. After the service was over, a man ran across the sanctuary and embraced them.
0: Sam and I are thinking, you know, what, what is this? What is what's going on here? The guy who had kicked us off the property the day before during the church breakfast, and he is weeping. He's saying, guys, I am so sorry. I cannot believe I did that. I cannot believe I kicked you off the church's property during a church breakfast. I'm so sorry. Would you forgive me, please? And here's where it got really interesting, because he put his hands in his pockets at that point, and he said, Hey, I have to confess something to you, guys. And we said, confess? I mean, you don't need to confess. You just apologize. It's all good. Don't worry about it. He said, No, no, no. I need to confess something. And he said, I'm the director of homeless outreach for our church.
2: Yep, you heard that right. The man who had kicked Mike and Sam off the property was the director of the church's homeless outreach. Sam says it's a classic case of compartmentalizing Christ.
0: And I think we can look throughout the entire biblical narrative and see a profound concern on God's part for the least, for those who are despised, for those who are outcast, for those who are downtrodden. That is the heartbeat of the good news of the kingdom of God. And yet, I think we often miss that. And I think that that is one of the things that this whole experience anchored profoundly within me. Uh, is a profound desire to see Christianity be not just a nice idea or a set of rules or uh, an intellectual attitude that people ascend to or ascribe to, but rather a way of life, a way of living and moving and having our being in the world, being in the King of Kings. And what does it mean to look at Jesus's life and Jesus' teachings and Jesus' ministry and Jesus's mighty deeds? What does it mean to look at those and to say, okay, how do we then become like them? Those are the kinds of questions that I think I came away from this experience on the streets with. Those are the kinds of questions that continue to shape my whole life.
1: Out of the gutter, out of the trash.
2: During Mike's time living as a homeless man, he learned more about Jesus Christ than he ever imagined. Would you like to know more about the hope and peace that Mike knows? The hope and peace that comes from a relationship with Jesus. We can help you get started with that at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. Again, that's
1: findpeacewithgod.net. If you're already a follower of Christ, you know that you can share the love of Jesus Christ with the homeless in your community. Mike will explain how to do that in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God,
2: People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
3: There's no doubt that we see social injustice everywhere today. Billy Graham. The great question being asked by church leaders at almost every conference is this, what is the church's primary mission? Is it redemptive or social or both? We as Christians have two responsibilities. First, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ as the only answer to man's deepest needs. And secondly, to apply as best we can the principles of Christianity to the social conditions about us. I would call the church back today to its main task of proclaiming Christ and Him crucified as the only panacea for the problems that face the world then the people would have the capacity to live up to the Christian command to love thy neighbor. That is what the simple gospel of Jesus Christ does when it is proclaimed in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. You can
2: learn more about loving your neighbor as yourself by going to this website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net.
1: Our guest on this episode of GPS has been Mike Yankowski, who spent five months living as a homeless man in six different American cities. He did it so he could learn more about the struggles that millions of homeless people deal with every day. And Mike also shared the hope of Jesus Christ
2: with people he met along the way. Now, you can help the homeless in your community, too. And Mike says you don't need to spend five months living on the streets to do it
0: find a local mission, and show up. Uh, show up to wash dishes, show up to serve a meal, show up to sort clothing, show up to befriend someone who is on the street, and get to know that person. Ask them their name. Ask them where they're from. Ask them where they have traveled to. Ask them how long they've been on the streets. Ask them if they could go anywhere in the world. Where would they go? Just general conversational type questions. These are men and women created in Christ's image, and this is an opportunity to love and to serve. And I think showing up, perhaps uh, one of the most profound ways to respond to this invitation.
1: We are so grateful that Mike Yankowski joined us to share his experiences. If you like what you heard and you want to read more about Mike's journey, he has written a book about it. It is called Under the Overpass. I'm Jim Kirkland. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm
2: Phil Fleischman. We also want to thank our friend Micah Tyler for letting us use some of his music on this episode. And a reminder, you can get in touch with us through email. The address is gps at billigram.org. That's gps at billygram.org. GPS God People Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. There's never been a moment I was not.